Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Not in the same bowl. Ooh, oh, terrible. <laughs> so but every, it's all in the same place now. Uh, so every year, Dustin's uh, Church mm -hmm. uh, does a chili uh, cook-off thing, competition, mm -hmm. yes. and then trunk or treat for the kids. Right. And every year, for, I don't know, the past five, five or six years, uh, I have oh. I've had the good fortune of going and... and Filling myself full of chili. I was late tonight. I did get some chili though. I won tonight. Did I tell you oh, that? No, you didn't I tell me won that. first place Excellent. with my chili. Um, I would, You know, I've won several years. Yeah. I ran, had a run of like three years in a row there for a little while. Dustin makes really good chili. Again. And uh, it's Texas chili, no beans, uh, which in Missouri is a little bit heresy, but. Except that you can go to the grocery store and buy chili without beans. It sells. People here buy it. They just don't mm -hmm. talk about it. They yeah. don't admit to such things. That's vile. Right. Well, I should think just buy that to put on hot dogs. Oh, probably, yeah. But anyway, so my, my chili won tonight. Excellent. That was very exciting. I was, unfortunately, I had a meeting out uh, 30 minutes away, so an hour round trip away from this, so I was late and did not get to take advantage of all the different types of chili. But uh, I think it's some, so a uh, very cold night. The kids had a good time. Mm -hmm. And there's a significantly large amount of candy in yes. the kitchen. Because there was a trunk or treat as well. And the children were given unopened bags Un of candy. Yes. <laughs> Giant, like the bag you buy at Walmart. It's like, here's a bunch of Snickers bars. Cardell came up and he's like, look what somebody gave me. And I was like, oh, no. How does that work? So, yeah, uh, good night. Uh, we are recording this on Sunday. Mm, and it will be released do. on Halloween. Ooh, spooky. Yes, yes. And this is also, we're just going to talk about this right now. As of yes. November 1st, SciFiForMe.com is becoming more of an aggregator site. So basically, you will, if you go to SciFiForMe.com, you're going to find links to news stories on other websites, primarily. Right. There will still be some podcast stuff showing up there, still be the occasional story, but it's for a number of reasons. Um, uh, Jason Hunt, who created the website, and has run it for the last several years, needs to take some a step back. We're going to, what we've been doing for the last several years, we're very proud of some of the work we've mm -hmm. done. Uh, had some, met some great people. Got to just go out and do a lot of really cool things with a lot of yes. cool people. Go to conventions and things like that. And uh, so we're very grateful for that. And of course, this show, which came out of our writings for the website. Right. This show, is Apocalypse Now, is going to continue on. In between this week and the next week, next episode, we will be setting up a Facebook page, maybe some more social media stuff. Right. Uh, because we do want you to, if you are listening to us, we want you to continue to listen to yes. us. Yes. We would ask that you share, if you like the show, that you would share it. Right. And because... Because now it's not, it's we don't have a larger website. Now that we don't have a larger website to sustain us or to kind of keep us going, we are going to need you guys more mm -hmm. to show that you support our dumbness, our dumb little show. Now, you're still going to be able to find us on podcast.com. 
or iTunes. That stuff's not going away. You'll still find the Sci-Fi for Me radio. Uh, you'll find our own old episodes. That right. stuff's not going away. But in terms of what we're doing going forward, much more of it is going to be on Dustin and my heads to make it happen. Right. And um, and of and course, as you probably have figured out, I'm not particularly committed. So you know, it's it's gonna be like all the stuff that I should have been doing already. Yeah. Now I'll, you finally have I'll to do. I'll do, but Tim's gonna be doing doubly. Is that what's happening? Those things. Damn it. All right. Well. So anyway. That's uh, a change that's happening. We appreciate you guys who've been listening to us. We hope that you'll continue to listen to us. And again, if you could share this with your friends, if you think we're amusing or informative, that would be great. Right. Um, go to iTunes, write reviews. Podcast.com will let you write reviews. Just basically give us the feedback that, that you want to and, and help us spread our message of snarkiness and, and thinking too hard about things I guess is what we do yeah. here. So, anyway, that's what's happening. So this week we are on the second episode of season 8. Right, season 8 episode 2. And there are a number of things about this episode that made me want to throw things. Right. And I'm not sure, I mean th- there's not a whole lot of plot to this episode. Uh, yeah, I would say that's true, because it's mainly just the first volley of the war. A mm-hmm. um, lot less talking tonight, as everybody kind of takes on a, a different, there's a, like three different campaigns being fought. Or th- I think three. It was very confusing, because you have Carol and the Kingdom Warriors taking on, or going to take on a certain spot. Right, and at the end of... Last week's episode, the savior there set up a, uh, a bomb of some sort, a smoke right. bomb or something, and released a bunch of zombies from, and they yeah. came out and attacked people. Right. Um, so they are going. That was that was actually the sentry at a spot because mm-hmm. they were the spot that they were headed towards. So they are now tracking that sentry to the next outpost. Yeah, to stop him, kill him before he gets them to the real outpost, the place they were actually going to go take over. Uh, and at the end of the episode, uh, their whole thing, they just trumpet through the woods, and eventually Shiva catches the guy. Because he's walking along going, I'm getting away, I'm getting away, oh god, I'm being attacked so, by a tiger! That's a tiger! How did a tiger get here? <laughs> so that's that literally is everything that happens in Carol and Well, no, King because the, the Ezekiel does, yeah. Ezekiel's attitude throughout this is, we will succeed, we are going to, we are going to find him, and we will and we will not be defeated. And Carol, right. Carol has some experience with the whole optimism, yeah. you know, uh, un, unearned optimism, um, arrogance perhaps, uh, Rick. <laughs> and so she's like, you know, I'm not so sure. And King's like, now look, this has worked so far. I'm yeah. optimistic and I tell people this is what we're going to do. And guess what? It's worked. So we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. And to quote the King, Fake, Fake it, it till you, you make, make it, it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and quite frankly, you know, he's like the only man that in this show you know, would call him Carol baby. Yeah, I think she's into it. Oh, I really yeah. do. Uh, well, you know, Carol is Carol is comic book Michonne, and in the comic book Michonne and Ezekiel hook up. And right. She becomes the queen. And blah, 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 blah. Which I am all on board with Carol as the queen. Yes, I think that would be great. So anyway, that's all that happens on their whole little section. Meanwhile, the hilltop 
army has broken into two different groups. Mm-hmm. And one is going... Okay, this is where I got confused. I was under the impression that the guys who... there So some guys pull up to the back of a building and are taking on some people, basically like like either a motor pool or like they're cleaning up weapons or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, another outpost-type area, but it's there's several dozen people there. I mean, it looks like a, maybe yeah. not so much an outpost as just a, maybe another satellite settlement or something. But, right. But yeah, they're, we, we, when we see them, they're basically cleaning weapons. Right. Except for idiot McIdiot, idiot over here who is completely incapable, apparently, of cleaning a gun. Right. And the little tiny angry woman who's like, go to your room. Yeah. And he's like, but mom, he's like, shut up. And he's like, fine, I hate you guys. And he stomps off. Then, so then, then the hilltop rolls up and starts opening fire on them. And I thought, then later it shows Rick and Daryl, only, like, only Rick and Daryl, maybe four yeah. or five other guys, going in the front of the building. And I thought that that was, the, the back, the back was that group. Right, because I thought that too. And so I, Rick and Daryl is, are connected to this group. Right. Because that's happening down in the courtyard. Yes, that's what I thought too. But what's strange is that we don't get any sense of scale here from mm-hmm. just the backs from the back side of the building when they pull when the, the hilltop folks pull up in their cars. Yeah. So when Rick and Daryl go in, we were looking like it looks kinda like a church, it looks kinda like an auditorium space. Yeah. And then but apparently it's the world's biggest building because they are like walking down hallways. Yeah, seriously. There's the part where Daryl's like, we must, we, they're looking for guns. They're looking for the... And that's why I thought it was the same place because they were down, obviously downstairs cleaning and repairing guns. Right. Well, it is because it says that we have, once we find the guns, whichever one of them find them, just open fire down into the courtyard and take these people out. Right. We will not hear any gunfire inside this building. Occasionally. Like, occasionally we're there was... I heard was, a little it, bit it every once in a while. But it should be a lot louder. This show, like every other show on television, does not show how loud guns are accurately. Mm-hmm. And there's all these people walking around tonight with silencers. Right. Or suppressors. They both make gunfire more quiet. Yes. Except in the real world, outside of movie logic, uh, that basically means it's still really loud. Yes. It's just not as really loud. So if you've ever fired a gun inside a, sh- a building with a shooting range without the headphones on, uh, or if you, say, have done a film or two, yeah. and you've been on set and someone fired a blank pistol, which is the same volume of, of sound, every time they shoot someone with a silencer, I'm like, well, they've alerted the entire building. <laughs> it's like, nope. So, so yeah, it's really kind of weird, because once you get Rick and Daryl off by themselves, it's almost like they're com- somewhere completely removed from everything else. Right. Uh, so there's their story, and then there's the uh, satellite dish place. Right, because they've already taken out once. Four different stories, three different locations. Well, that location is Jesus, Tara, Jesus, Tara and Morgan. Morgan. And so the Jesus, Tara, and Morgan story, This is let's get to that, because that's the next complicated on the, okay. on the list here. The, the saviors have basically built a double fence system. Right. Which, they basically built a moat full of water. Right, and this is the same satellite place that they thought was the Saviors, was only the Saviors before, Mm -hmm. like when they went and killed a bunch of guys two seasons ago. But it turns out that that was just another little little thing. 
So they go to that same place and they start taking out guys again. And well, and then Morgan, they're like, well, someone's got to, you know, how do we get through here? Well, we we got to bring all the walkers together so that we can get around them, right. and then uh, you know, make sure that when the the guards come and see this, that they don't get a chance to set off the alarm. And the poor lady with the bow and arrow from the kingdom, they're like. Have to be you because you're the only person who brought something quiet. Because we all brought loud noise making things. <laughs> and she's Daryl's like, Daryl's in another group. Because <laughs> and she's like, sure, no pressure. And they're like, okay, well, you can't let any of them get away. Okay, fine, no pressure. Mm-hmm. It's all riding on you. Okay. I get it. <laughs> Gosh. So Morgan is the one who goes and oh. gets the walkers, and they're like, why are you going? He's like, because I can't die. And and I'm sitting over here on the couch going, that's what Lori Holden thought. Lori <laughs> 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 Thol- Holden thought she had a seven-year contract on this show. Because she did. Until. Right. Yeah. So so Morgan distracts them. And actors I recognize, because they're actually people I know, mm-hmm. uh, came and uh, as members of the Saviors came over and died very quickly. And then uh, they get inside. And they start doing the door, the, the room-to-room searching. Yeah. Now, weird things happen on every, you know, the room-to-room searching thing here and the room-to-room searching stuff with Rick, Rick and, and Daryl. And that is, these buildings get bigger as yeah. soon as somebody steps inside. And these are the, these are TARDISes. These are, <laughs> they're infinitely huge inside. And it's like, okay, th- wait, the building is, there's only so many halls you can have. There's only so many rooms that happen inside a building. Right. But, you know, it's dramatic at all. I mean, it's, there's a great shot of Rick going down this wonderful hallway. It's a beautiful, beautiful backlit shot. Yeah. He's not checking any of the doors that he's going down and all the lights are off, but he's sticking his gun into, he can't see anything in here. Cause, no. But Don't be silly. It's a great shot. I mean, it yeah. looks great. So anyway, Tara and and Jesus pop into this room, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a guy in there. He's like, don't kill me. I don't have a gun. I'm just a worker. I don't want to die. And Tara's like, sorry, you're dead. And Jesus is like, wait a second. He says he's just a worker, and maybe we should... Oh, God, he's got me. <laughs> and uh, we've already been here. We've already done this. But but you know what? These are already... This whole episode, one of the things that really bothered me is that everyone is having conversations they should have already had. Right. You know that thing in the movies where people start off having a conversation as they get into the car, and then we see them arrive at their destination, and they're still having the same conversation. Yeah. And there's like this long pause that clearly no words were spoken in the car. In fact, the sentence was stopped in the middle... And then it's resumed. Right. Right where the camera switches angles. It felt like that, except magnified. Because if... All right, so there's a war happening here. Mm -hmm. It's our guys versus the saviors. We know that the saviors are made up of ordinary people Mm -hmm. who have basically been put into this situation. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. But they're not actually actively part of the command structure. They're not yeah. the folks who are out there killing people, taking their stuff. They're people who are just trying to make a living and stay alive and, and feel safe. So there has to have been a conversation at some point in this the strategizing sessions here. What do we do with the ordinary people? 
Or what do we do if if we get there and they just they drop their weapons and we and surrender? What do we do if the soldiers surrender? Right. You have to have these conversations. These are especially considering that our main characters, the heroes of our show, are keenly aware that they are not fighting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bad guys. They're fighting dozens and dozens of bad guys who are leading people who are scared, afraid, and some of them are armed. Yeah. But, you know, it. this is a conversation you already have. This is not right. something you're going, you know, t- yes, Tara is filled with anger and, you know, her girlfriend was killed by the saviors and she wants revenge. Completely get that. Jesus is Jesus. Mm-hmm. He wants people to get along. He, right. wants to, he wants to have these... But, yeah, the, this is a conversation if, if we have, if people have, if people surrender, what do we do with the surrendered yeah. people? Should have been like, something we saw. No, I feel like that should have been something we saw. Oh yeah, because it's something we need to know. And But our characters need to know, because this is not a conversation you have in the middle of a firefight. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was watching the two of them have this argument, and I'm going... Is this the time? Right. I mean, yeah, he's right in front of you and all, but is this really the time to be having this? Well, discussion? and then later, after Morgan, Morgan and his little little troop of guys, they get killed, and Morgan is the only one who survives, and he is in, ends up in a totally different area of yeah. the place than a little shell shock and and hell for vengeance. Right. And so he's basically gets a gun and starts blowing people away. Meanwhile, Jesus has convinced all the other saviors at this place to drop their weapons and surrender. He's also convinced the other members of the hilltop people there that they should listen to him when he says these things. Yeah. You know, just do what I, you know, please do what I say and, and trust me. And they do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people surrender. Morgan, after shooting everyone who, because he basically ended Morgan ended up behind the bad guys. Yeah. And so he's coming up behind them and killing them off. And he kind of runs into this place where all these people are just kind of standing around. And who just so happens to be in that group but the guy who killed little Billy last season. Little Timmy. Little, 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 little Willie Bob. Little... I don't remember any of these characters. Joe, Joe... You mean the the blonde the blonde kid who was too good for this world? <laughs> yes, the one who was doomed the moment we saw him on camera. Hey, I want to, I want to learn things for you, Morgan. I want to be you were obviously going to die. And I have I have a child that I'm looking after. I have a little boy I'm looking after. I'm my a brother. good man. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, oh, shot me in the in the foothold. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. and so Morgan walks up and like puts his gun right on that dude's chest. And and Jesus is like, no, we're not. We you're not killing these guys. And Morgan's like, wait, what? <laughs> but that's why we're here. Yeah. Except, and Tara says something. She that I I think she's gonna is gonna actually come back to bite her a little bit because she says, all right, well, even if Maggie listens to you, Rick is gonna listen to me. And unfortunately for that whole statement, Rick is having a really bad time. Right. Over at the other place. Number one, number one, Jesus gets Morgan on his side like almost immediately because he reminds him, he's like, this is not us. We're not the people who go in and just kill 
everybody, the surrendered people. Right, because Morgan is is still struggling with the fact that he wanted to put aside violence entirely, yeah. and he realized he couldn't, and he didn't want to kill. He wanted to be able to do use violence as almost like a scalpel as opposed to a bludgeon. Yeah, hit the right person, the right place, and the right time, and then stop. And now it's like, no, I have to kill everybody. Right, and, and this or is, do I have to? It's a whole big thing. And so, but Morgan says, to, or Jesus says to Morgan, like, you know, we are not the ones who kill everyone. Right. And so, I think that got Morgan on his side. And not only that, uh, Rick is now probably going to be on the side of, well, if they surrender, that's fine. Because he's up on, like, the 19th floor <laughs> so, of, this, of this place. So they get in here, and they've got a map. Or they've got a, they've got directions, and basically it says it's in this building, and these mm-hmm. are I guess this is from Dwight. This is information yeah. from Dwight, basically, and it's it's checked out so far. So they go. This in. is the first time that he's ever told them anything that's not been correct because right. they, he said there's been gu- we're going to be guns here and heavy and, weapons, not yeah. just not just guns, but actually because they haven't found any. Before we get to them, because there's there's interesting there's moral quandary, Rick, in the future here, down in the courtyard with the gunfire going on. Mm-hmm. A number of things are happening. Our guys are not advancing. They're just staying behind their shields and they're just shooting. And the people inside are like, they don't want to come in. They're scared. And we've got our, a lot of our right. B-roll characters are here. A lot of our, you know, they're another yeah. you know, they might show up in the credits, but you know, they're nothing, nobody big, except for Aaron and Adam. Right. Oh, and then there's like. Like that one guy who went on two dates with Carol, and right? That yeah, brunette lady who sometimes stands around and goes, "Why?" Like <laughs> they were both there too, right? And so everybody's shooting, everybody's shooting. And Dustin, you, you looked over and we're like, "Are they ever going to run out of bullets?" Mm-hmm. Because that's a lot of shooting going on. Yeah, and if you know anything about machine guns, is that they burn through clips really fast. And if you know anything about this podcast... Yeah, well, okay, again, I'm attempting to apply right. logic. But but when we see Morgan moving through the building, he is, like, shooting the right number of bullets and then reloading mm-hmm. every time. Now, admittedly, Morgan is one of those characters who's like, okay, when he has his moral quandary, you're like, I understand what's yes. happening here. Over on, the, over on this side of things in the courtyard, there's so many bullets flying around. And guys, cars... Do not protect you. Right. From people are just sitting behind like a Honda and they're using it like a shield. It's like, no, you're dead. Well, you know, nothing in this world works Ugh. the way that it's supposed to work. Like, okay, like, you know, you have to throw it all out of the window. I the know. first time somebody took a knife and was like, I'm going to stab you in the temple and kill you. No, you're not. Yeah, well, there's a. But they, was it the, uh, we saw this clip of the really terrible hatchet uh-huh. mini thing that they're yeah. doing, tracing the, the red-handled hatchet. hatchet that Rick used to kill. Why is this? A, I, don't, I don't know why this is a thing, uh, but apparently it is. And there's a scene in this where the hatchet goes through a guy's head. It's like, that's not how skulls work. That's not how this stuff works. Anyway, anyway, I know. it's But sometimes it's egregious. Yeah. We, you know. Looking beyond what we already know about the show's problem with time and space and all these things, sometimes it's just egregious. So all this stuff is going on down there, 
and nobody's moving closer. And finally, the, the lady who's running the saviors realizes that the dead around her are reanimating. Mm. And she's like, oh, that's why they didn't come any closer. Here's the thing that irritates me about that. Yes. Okay, so she is shooting her gun. Mm-hmm. And she turns around and sees her buddy reanimate mm-hmm. and goes, that's why they didn't come any closer. Uh-huh. And then sits there with her gun in her hand uh-huh. while the zombie eats her. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so there's that. There's the fact that these guys just died. Mm-hmm. And I realize that there is no fast and you know hard rule for right. reanimation. But no, this firefight has lasted no more than, like, ten minutes. Right. So, okay, sure, whatever, I just... But this will this will not matter. None of this will matter. The reanimated no. zombies, because the next time we cut back to these guys, there are no walking dead around them. It's just people shooting at other people. Right. And if it's a courtyard where people are trapped, with, surrounded by cars, and they can't get out, and it should be full of walkers, this should be a thing. We should be going, we should be hearing people scream and going, ah, walkers, ah, or we killed all the walkers, yay, oh crap, we're still surrounded, but something. Right. But no, it is completely ignored, it's a great, it's a nice little shot, she dies stupid, and it doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about more Quantry Brain. Yeah. So we're running, we're running the gun, and they get up to the 17th floor of this building. <laughs> Again. This building has no sense of there's no sense of scale here. This building is gigantic. And uh, and and Daryl and Rick Daryl go, Rick goes split up. You go that way. I'll go this way, mm-hmm. and we'll cover more ground that way. And so they do. Rick heads this way and walks down the really beautiful hallway. And uh, Daryl goes another way. And so Rick he comes up on this little area that's like a living area. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy in there who attacks him. And Rick's like, where are the guns? And the guy's like, Brr! the guy doesn't even say any words. He's, well, he says no guns. He, no he, guns. He's getting choked, and he's like, no guns. And that's the only thing he says. And so then Rick's like, the guns are in this room. And the guy's like, no, not that one. And uh, and so they fight, and Rick kills the guy in one of those dumb, dumb So ways. he's choking him, and he basically chokes him out. And then he looks over. They've been fighting and knocking things off walls. And he looks over. You know those metal brackets that hold up a shelf? You screw in the metal bracket. You put the plank down, the, the, the wooden yeah. plank. And if you have ever built one of these, you know that these things are relatively lightweight metal. They're sturdy enough to mm-hmm. hold a shelf and whatever you put on it. But they they hold multiple things because you've got multiple of these things up there, right? And it causes stability. It's not that they're super... Mm-hmm. strong metal, it's just there's enough of them to support whatever it is. Except Rick impales this guy on one of these mm-hmm. things. And it's like, again, that's not how things work. There is a thing in between the front of your chest and the back of your chest. It's called a rib cage. Mm-hmm. And this guy, it's like, that's, you can't. Yeah. That, it's uh, bad. It's real it bad. It looks you cool. Know, did you ever see not... the movie Very Bad Things? Yes. The here that movie is awful. Yes, and it's not it's, a good film. We do not recommend this film. Uh, one of the things that irritates me is like the the thing that drives the the bachelor. It's about a bachelor party that goes terribly wrong. They end up killing a prostitute. It actually is a good cast. And then slowly over the course of like the wedding weekend, 
all of the bachelors and the or the, all of the groomsmen in this bachelor party end up murdering each other. Right. Um, and the way they kill the prostitute, yes, is through they impale her through the back of the head on a on a one of those hooks in a in a bathroom. Like right, on yeah. the back of a, the back of the bathroom <laughs> door. door, but it's this big chunky thing, mm-hmm. and like if and it's you know it's one of the Baldwins and he's having sex with her and he rams her up against the thing and it goes in the back of her head and she dies. Well, in real human life, if that were to happen, her head would have hit that back of that thing and she would have been like, "What the." F- Dude, yeah. watch what you are doing. That really hurts. See, inside your skull yeah. is a thing we call the brain. Yes. And we need it to do the thinking with. Yes. So consequently, it is surrounded by a heavy bone structure we call the skull. And it takes a lot of punishment. Right. And, uh, but again, not in the world of The Walking Dead. There's lots of places... If you gotta kill, there's so many places to stick sharp objects into a human head. Mm-hmm. Walking Dead does a really good job of taking you through them on a regular basis. Right. Through the top of the skull is not actually one of them. No. Uh, That's the worst place. Yeah. That's the thickest place. Yeah. Don't try and stick things in the top of the skull. I joked about sticking stuff through the temple earlier, but if you gotta do it, that's probably where. Yeah. Well, so anyway. Um, Rick kills this guy in a dumb, stupid way. Yeah. And then when he's getting the keys, it's very prominent on his chest that he has a tattoo that says Gracie, go forward, or Gracie's heart is blah, 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 something stupid. So he opens up the door that he thinks is going to be where the guns are, and it's not guns. It's a nursery. And there's, painted on the wall is Gracie, and when he walks up to the crib, there's a baby sleeping in the crib. Now, this is a very well-behaved baby, you guys. The next room over, there have been things bashing around mm-hmm. and slamming into the wall, and this baby's like, I'm tired. I'm having a nap now. Uh, it's a cute, it's a it's cute adorable. baby. But Rick all of a sudden goes, oh, no. Oh, no. And he realizes that this man was not trying to protect the guns. He was trying to protect his daughter who was probably in a very similar situation to Rick and Judith. Rick and Judith, because right. this is a baby younger than Judith, obviously born, probably even conceived during zombie times. Well, and here's the thing that, that you have to come back to. From This is another conversation that should have been having. This is another conversation that should have already happened. Yes. This is a conversation that Rick and Michonne... And Ezekiel and Daryl and Carol and all these people who are going to be making these decisions in the field, going out and shooting and, and killing and, and advancing the war, you have to be thinking, we're going to accidentally kill innocent people. Or what happens when we come across the innocent people? Yeah. The, the people that are just plebes that are working at, this, at these facilities, which there are. There are... There are janitors on the Death Star. Right. And this whole war is a place where... We have, okay, we saw this when the governor rolled up with his army up to yeah. the prison. And you saw ordinary people from Woodsbury who were there because they were following the leader of their town. Right. They weren't bad people. 
And while there is a different Carol dynamic... was one of those exactly. people. Yeah. And while there's a different dynamic with the saviors, it doesn't change the fact that they're going up against innocent people in some of these cases. Some of those innocent people are going to have guns, and you're going to kill them. And I am not, at no point, can this be construed as I am endorsing the killing of babies. Mm-hmm. Because... How dare you? It's even. rude. If Don't. nothing else, there Don't. was a there was a great classical uh, moment in independent film history in Kansas City where I was arguing with our friend Jeff Chitty in a bar, and we were talking about a script that I was writing. I was writing for him, mm-hmm. and he wanted it was, it was a road movie, and basically he wanted the script to end in suburbia with the villain threatening a baby and mm-hmm. he killed the baby. And I said, "That's not going to happen because." A, it's a road movie. Road movies do not end up in suburbia. And B, our villain would never kill a baby. Because a baby to him would be an innocent. He would not kill him. And so Jeff and I were arguing back and forth and back and forth. And I'm saying, Jeff, I'm not going to do it. And the music stopped in the bar in that wonderful sitcom record skip moment. Yes. Right as I'm saying, Jeff, we're not going to kill the baby. <laughs> Everyone yeah. in the bar looked at us. Our friend Kendall came over and like, so this baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's, where do you have this baby? I'd like to have a discussion with you very quickly about the baby. Kendall, at that point, the father of a relatively new baby, yeah. and so yeah, it's this is something that you have to be thinking about when you're. Having these war campaigns, if you are going to have all-out war, right? these conversations have to... And yes, Rick can be upset about the fact that he's killed someone who is a father, and there's a infant here who needs someone to take care of. You know, this infant needs to be cared for now. Yeah. The, you, what do you do about that? But you also don't just sit there and stare into the mirror. Stare into the mirror. If there was a, if there were, there was a sink that he could splash water on his face... And stare into the mirror deeper, uh-huh. it would have happened. Well, you know, it was disheveled, Rick. Because oh, once we get, you know, you gotta, you know, the dirtier and sweatier Rick gets, <laughs> the worse his moral, right. like, morals and feelings and all that stuff are. Like, that's uh, just one of those things that's true. Well, what's confusing to me here is that these are all characters who have been through this situation before. Who have, who have real experience with this, who should know what they're going into, who should have already had these conversations with each other. Mm-hmm. And yet, throughout this entire episode, every character who should know better is suddenly going, I don't know what to do in this situation. Right. It's like, did you not read the previous season scripts? Go back, watch your own episodes. <laughs> you were there. So, anyway, it's... It's frustrating to watch something like this happen because we've seen it before. We've seen the characters wrestle with these problems and they should have these answers. If nothing else, we should see, you're right, we should see a scene where it's like, what do we do with the prisoners? Yeah. What, where do we draw the line? Do, are we killing them all? Is that the decision? Are we going with that? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that make us if we do? So it's not there and... So, but we didn't even need to see it. I don't think we. But but when Jesus was like, "All right, I convinced these people to 
surrender, then there should have been, okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, Terra does go, no, that's not the plan. We're supposed to kill them all. But there should have been, you know, okay, well, fair enough. We've got surrender. Now what do we, you know, here's what our protocol for surrender is. Right. Or, you know, oh, we found out that this place isn't guns, it's the nursery. <laughs> so like, what do we do oh, now? this is where they're keeping the babies. That's what Daryl found. That's why he walked in and was all quiet and closed the door. He walked in, there's like five to 15 people in, in the 10 and under age. And that's why we don't see what he saw, because that's going to be the reveal next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I can see that because it's high up on the, uh, it's well out of the range of uh, yeah, 17, assault, floor whatever tall it is. And yeah, it's, oh, wow. That, you could very well be right. And that, of course, will lead to all sorts of interesting moral quandaries to play with. Mm-hmm. So Rick is dealing with this fact, and he walks out of the room, and he leaves the baby behind. Now, admittedly, when one is making their way through the 17th or 18th floor of a building... In the middle of shooting them up. One should probably not be carrying a baby. Yeah. Generally speaking, this is probably a bad idea. If your goal is to keep the baby alive, this could get in the way. Again, very quiet baby. And no, we're never... No, no, do not in any way think we're ever going to see this baby again. <laughs> like, that baby was just there to make Rick go, Oh, no, what have I doing done? And then, never more, never again, we will ever see that baby. Well, Rick comes into another room, and suddenly there's a click of the gun behind him. And he turns around, and it's Martinez. Mm-hmm. From season one. Yeah. He's like, hi, Rick. And Rick's like, uh, Bob? No. Phil? No. I know John? you. John? No. Martinez? Yeah. How you been, man? What's the... Uh, you got a gun pointed at me. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, I've already called other saviors. They're coming. He's like, what has it that little... You were in there? He's like, that's a long time ago, Rick. Maybe a long time. You know, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know how long... One year, two years, Seven, dozen eight. years, we don't even know. You know what know. this could be? You know what this could be? I just just realized. Hmm. All right. In the uh, the Chronicles of Oz book series yeah. written by, um, what's his name? He wrote Wicked, and he wrote Ugly Step. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Uh, uh, yeah, just, I know who it is. Yeah, it just yeah. flew away. So anyway, in those books in Oz... Time moves differently for every person. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That is a plot point of the books. Is that, that, like, for example, you know, Galinda in the first book lives long enough to grow up, you know, graduate from college, have an affair, have, become a terrorist, have, a, have an affair, uh, have a baby, mm-hmm. and move to the West to become the Wicked Witch of the West. Meanwhile, her nanny that helped birth her right. basically stops aging at like 90 and just spends seriously the next four books <laughs> just this little 90-year-old lady. And they keep saying, well, someday she might age some more. You know, her, you know, yeah. So all the characters end age at different rates. Right. Or in, and age at different times. Everybody's personal timeline. And the line even says, well, at one point, well, you know, because someone might read a book and think, oh, this took days and weeks to get through. And other person might read the same book and be like, oh, this was light read. It only took eight, three or four hours. So, 
time moves that way for people. When somebody's really bored, time or, you know, whatever, sure, right. time moves differently. That's how it works in The Walking Dead. I've just decided. So Martinez is like, it's been 15 years. And 15 like, years. And he's it's like, been a year and a half. And you can see, this is Judith? Mm-hmm. Judith is only... He was supposed to this child, Rick. <laughs> what he wasn't even born. We didn't, didn't even have a baby pump last time I saw you. And, you know, I was thinking about this. He did say when they left, when they separated, he did say, I have family in Virginia. I want to go and try and oh, check on Oh, hey, them. well. <laughs> Wonder if the guy was his brother. Mm. Who knows? Because then, of course, she'll have a reason to kill Rick. What, what happened to his family? Because he had a wife and two kids when they yeah, left. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know what? It's a small world. Mm. But they actually... You know, there, there is a connection. He was going to Virginia, and ended up in Virginia. You can see this happening. You know, I, it wasn't that it was a bad episode. A lot of dramatic things happen. Uh, Adam got shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is, is it Adam? So, it did, Adam right? so did the brunette lady. <clears throat> the guy who kissed Carol that one time, he got shot in the arm. And then that brunette lady that sometimes stands yeah, and goes, dead. hey, she got shot in the chest and died. Well, she, we, well, she, she was like, die, but she's, she's on like, her ah. way. And, and then Adam's shot in the gut, and, and Aaron's like, okay, this is bad. Yeah, I'm taking you and I'm getting out of here. And he like, takes him and starts walking away. But see, the first part of the episode, the very first few minutes, or the very first seconds of the episode, or the very final seconds, are these close-up shots that are all like, fuzzy, dreamy, dramatic, and there's music playing underneath them. It's all dramatic music and guitar and... Yeah. And we're going, what's happening here? <laughs> this is like, this is going to be the entire episode. It's all going to be like this. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's like this level of importance and signs and portents and except that we've been here before this is not new right they had this conversation before they took out the satellite place the first time yeah well i mean the situation has changed in between then and now glenn was murdered Mm -hmm. but the person who they want dead the people they want dead well the last episode rick told Negan and his lieutenants the lieutenants to surrender now and we'll let you live. So they have a policy on surrender. Mm-hmm. Or at least they did. So I don't know. It's It wasn't... It I was, don't even know. Okay, and in the previews for the next episode it showed them leading the prisoners back somewhere. Mm-hmm. Why are they leaving that place? This is the second time that they've gone and had to clean saviors out of that place. <laughs> Why not okay. stay there? Okay, but this is also the show where people go, these, our heroes go to places that can be defended and used for rebuilding a community or having a safe place to stay for a reasonable period of time. And as soon as they come in and kill off the fine young cannibals, mm-hmm. they're like, right, we're out. Yeah. And it's like, no. Or It would have been nice to hold on to this completely salvaged warehouse space that we could have lived in, but no. You know, we've, we've only destroyed the villains of, of uh, you know, Woodbury. Perhaps we should never go there again. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did, they did show that 
the governor did go and burn Woodbury to the ground. Right, but it's like before it, he did that, they it, could have moved there. Yeah, it doesn't matter where these guys go. They they come in and you know instead of instead of finding the places, because it's not even like they burn these places to the ground themselves. Mm. They're just like, well, those are a really nice defensible set of four walls. Let's move on. <laughs> right. It was one thing when they were trying to get Eugene to D.C. But so yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't that it was a bad episode. There was some cool shots and some dramatic stuff and neat firefights and all the cool things. Mm-hmm. And you come to expect the the neat parts of The Walking Dead, but at the same time, so many questions where it's just like, we should already know the answer to this. Why yeah. are we having this discussion now? Could be worse. It's not hate watching. Mm, just true. It's just sort of like we just we just had jokes this time. <laughs> it wasn't like why why is this <laughs> happening. Why are we doing this again? Go find the little girl you left in the woods. <laughs> so anyway, we will be back next week with more of Zompocalypse Now. We hope everyone who um, is listening to this, you had a great Halloween. Yeah, uh, get out there. Awesome. And, uh, lots of great parties going on this weekend. I realize that with Halloween happening on a Tuesday, it's not going to be as much no. for... Uh, people getting out and having the parties on then, but so most people had them this weekend. But I hope you guys had a great Halloween, and we will be back with more of this. Again, we will be on SciFiForMe.com, but we're that's not going to be our primary home to some mm-hmm. degree. Yeah. So we hope that you will share the show and our other shows as well. We're they're going to give us Jason's going to give us a new recording bit so that we can help promote the other podcasts that, that are still going on, the other video sh- stuff that we're still producing. So what other stuff still? We still on? have Triple Bites, this new Star Trek show, mm-hmm. uh, video show. Um, Salacious Crumbs, our Star Wars video show. Uh, both of those folks decided they wanted to continue to do it, which is great, because Salacious Crumbs is a lot of fun. And um, Triple Bites is with the various Star Trek things that you know, Star Trek Discovery come uh, currently on, and there's going to be another Star Trek series next year. Um, so there's a lot of stuff coming up with that. So. Those are still sticking around. And then um, 8-Bits, I think, is, is sticking around. Um, or, or another video show. Um, so, yeah. This stuff is... But these are the individual creators of the of the shows. Continuing Who decided on. to do so, them, yeah. uh, And Jason's going to... Like I said, Jason's going to do the, the website as an aggregator. So we still have a place to put our stuff up there on Sci-Fi for me. But it's not... It's, it's going to be a different model mm-hmm. when we roll it out. So we do thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it very much. And we hope that you will continue to do so. And like I said, tell your friends. Share. Share and enjoy. Yeah, do that. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Desmond. Thank you, Tim. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. <laughs>